Glory to God. Hallelujah. Come on. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody hallelujah. say glory. Hallelujah. If you don't mind, can we stand on our feet this morning and give God some praise? Shout hallelujah if you're glad and excited to be here and you're expecting to God to do a great big work in your life. Make some noise in the sanctuary. And if you're joining in with us, feel free to make some noise right where you are. Come on and say, there's a praise in this house. There's a praise so everybody, everybody dance before him. him. There's a praise and say, I can feel him now. There is a praise. So everybody dance before him. There's a praise. Say, I can feel him now. If you can feel it, come on, say, he's high. That's what the Bible says. His train fills the he reigns He's God and God alone If you believe it, say he is high He's trained to feel He reigns He's God and God alone Not only is there a praise, but listen There's a worship So everybody Bow before him There's a worship there Feel him now. There is a worship. So we worship him in spirit and truth this morning. There's a worship. And I can feel him. If you can feel him, come on and declare. He is high. He's trained to feel. Fighter, 
Can we just worship him? Just lift your hands like you just did.
the Lord. Come on, help me thank God for our worship team one more time. What an awesome experience. We want to thank God for all of you for being here this morning. Please permit me to remind you that September 20th, which is this coming Sunday, we're going to be having our church anniversary right here in this house at 8 a.m., 9.30, and 11 a.m. We have lined up various guest speakers. There will, there will be a guest speaker to speak, to minister to us at 8 a.m., there will be another guest speaker to minister to us at 9.30. And your pastor will finish and conclude by ministering at 11 o'clock. So if I were you, I will make plan to be at all three. Amen. We want to say thank you to those of you who are live streaming with us. Thank you for joining us this morning. We appreciate you all over the city, all over the parish, all over the states, all over the nation, and those of you watching us international. We are grateful to every one of you being here this morning. If you have your Bible with you, will you please stand with me and let's turn our Bible to the book of Mark, chapter 4, verse 39. The book of Mark, chapter 4, verse 39. Make sure you have the Bible open, your 
iPhone, your iPod, any other pod out there. Wherever you can find the Bible, it's good to read the Bible. Mark chapter 4, verse 39. The Word of God says, and he, talking about Jesus, arose. And he rebuked the winds and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Please remain standing as we pray. Father, we are grateful for the word of God. Grass wither it and flowers fade, but the word of God will stand forever. Thank you that we can feed on it. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for helping us to understand the word of God. Lord, I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice. Those who are watching, those who are live streaming, those who are listening on radio. I pray that the hand of God will be upon you. I pray that God would not allow the enemy to triumph over you. I pray that God will enlarge your territory. Those of you who are in ministry, singing, playing, preaching, teaching, I pray that God will amplify your voice. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will have your way in our worship experience today. Use me to preach, to teach your word. Without you, I can do nothing. But with you, with your enablement, I know lives will be changed today. Souls will be saved today. I thank you for healing, miracles, signs, and wonder in the house. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen. You may be seated. Let me start out this message by telling you what happens to me during the week. I always want you to know how I get these messages. I don't want you all to think I'm some kind of E.T. and living out of space. I'm one of you. And during the week, just like every pastor, I was just studying the word of God. Minding my own business. And then my wife walked in and said, baby, can I tell you something? I said, sure. He said, she said that she just heard from one of our children that there is another storm coming. So I said, I said, you gotta be kidding. No, not a storm. He said, yes, a hurricane. She said that she just got some kind of information from little Jessie. And I said, oh, she's a little girl. She don't know. And while I was trying to dismiss that in my head, 
The Holy Spirit speak to me and say, yes, there is a Sally. And, but I want you to go and talk to my people that the storm is over. So, and so if you need a topic today, you, now I just told you how I got it, where I got it. A subject for discussion is titled, The Storm is Over. Open your mouth, shout amen. This, this message may be prophetic for some of you because I'm not really talking about Hurricane Sally. I'm talking about you and me because sometimes in life we go through personal storm. So this may be prophetic. God is saying to you and he's saying to me this morning, the storm in your life, the storm in my life, it's over. Open your mouth and, and declare by faith this morning. The storm is over in my life. Say like you mean it. The storm is over in my life. Your storm is over. The Lord said, your storm is over. My storm is over. And you know one thing I love about God? When God says it's over, it's over. Can I get an amen on that? I say when God says it's over, it's over. Please permit me to remind you that every storm in our life has an expiration date. Did you hear what I say? Every storm of life has an expiration day. So, declare by faith, your financial storm is over. Somebody shout, it's over. Your marital storm is over. Your family storm is over. Your career storm is over. Your business storm is over. In fact, let me say to fellow pastors out there, your ministry storm is over. Somebody shout amen. amen. The passage I read to your hearing, please permit me to remind you the story, what happened. In this passage, Jesus Christ was hanging out with his disciples. And the Bible say it was evening time. And so Jesus looked at all those disciples and said, Fellows, we are going to cross over to the other side. And then they got into a boat, and sure enough, they were trying to cross over, just like Jesus said. But in the process of doing that, a storm arose. And while the storm was raging, Jesus Christ was in the belly of the boat, sleeping, taking a rest. And so they woke him up. Am I still in the book? They woke him up. They said, care is not. 
that will perish. Don't you care if this boat capsizes? And then the Bible said Jesus rose up and he looked at the, the winds, the waves, the storm. He said, peace, be still. And the wind ceased. The waves fold up. And the Bible said there was a great calm. That's the story in a nutshell. But like I always tell you, the Bible is not just a story. Buried in that story are serious theological revelations. So my assignment as a pastor, as a teacher, and, and apostle in this region is to point out the theological implications in that story. The first thing I want you to take note was that the Bible said that it was evening time. That has serious theological meaning. There are two meanings of that word evening in the Bible. Number one, sometimes we use that term to refer to a person's age. When you are very old, then we say it's evening time. In other words, you're getting close to the grave. That's evening. So there's morning time. There's afternoon. There's evening time, depending on your age. So an elderly man or woman in their 90s, they will be considered there in their evening time. Tell somebody I got it. Another meaning of that word evening, ladies and gentlemen, is when you are going through some dark season. Sometimes there may be darkness in our family. Sometimes it may be dark in our finance. That's evening time. Sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, it may be dark, even in our career. You're doing your best to work, to show up, to make things happen for yourself, for your children, for your family, but it gets dark sometimes. I come to announce God is about to change your story. God has power to change evening time to morning time. Say amen to that. Brother Pastor, how do you know that? You hear him say, even weeping may endure for the night. But you got to learn to hold your head up. Why? Because joy comes in the morning. At times, life can be very dark. How do I say that? Think about it. You try to apply for a job and no luck. You fill in applications after applications and nobody calling for interview. 
Sometimes you try to go to the doctor because your body is ill. There's sickness in the body. And then you find out, despite all the medication, the sickness or the disease is not responding to it. I'm talking about evening time. Today, by faith, I decree and declare that all seasons of darkness in your life, in my life, God said your storm is over. Can you receive that this morning? God said my storm is over. In Jesus' name. Another important word you need to take note in that story is that Jesus told the people, let's cross over to the other side. That phrase, other side, suggests that there is more than one side. The job of our preacher is to look deeper into what we're reading. If we say other side, that means there's at least two sides. Listen, my brother, my sister, if you're poor, it's not the end of life. That's just one side. There is the other side. Can you handle the word of God this morning? If you are sick this morning, that's just one side. There is the other side. Hallelujah. If you are single this morning, hallelujah, I felt the anointing. I said if you are single this morning, that is just one side. There is the other side. My message to you, ladies and gentlemen, is that life has two sides. And Jesus is saying to you and me this morning, you've been hanging around this side for too long. Now let's go to the other side. So if you've been on the side of failure, Prophetically, I decree unto you this morning, let's go to the other side. If you have been in the side of disappointment, I say to you this morning, by permission of the Holy Ghost, let's go to the other side. If you've been on the side of discouragement and rejection and low self-esteem, I hear the Holy Spirit saying to you and me this morning, let's go to the other side. I'm here to announce, just like Jesus told the children and told his disciples, you are crossing over to the other side. I believe you didn't see me. I say you are crossing over to the other side. Open your mouth, shout amen. amen. From poverty, where are you going? Wealth. From being a tenant to be, hallelujah, somebody's finally getting it. I say by faith this morning, I decree and declare concerning you, concerning me, 
We are crossing over to the other side. Open your mouth, shout amen. amen. From being an employee to becoming the employer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I remember I worked for years and somebody had to sign my, my payroll, my paycheck. Now I'm signing everybody else's paycheck. You can cross to the... I don't know if you see me this morning. God will give you... On my job, nothing moves until they have my signature. God can move you. And you cross over to the other side. If you receive that, shout amen. You can cross from disgrace to God's grace. Who am I talking to this morning? You and I, we can cross from curses to blessing. I feel like just hold on on that note. God has a way of changing our destiny if we let him. God can move you from disappointment to appointments. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Please permit me to warn you from the bottom of my heart. Please make sure you don't get stuck on just one side. When God said there is another side. And when Jesus is saying it's time to cross over to the other side. Some of you, you've been renting all your life. While everybody else are calling the preacher to come dedicate their home. It's time for you to consider crossing over to the other side. Some of you, if you want to go anywhere, you have to call a taxi cab. You got to look for Uber. Mm-hmm. But oh, there is a God. Hallelujah. I feel like I'm preaching about my own self. There is a God who can give you your own right. It's time to cross over to the other side. Amen, somebody. I'm here to announce to somebody, your storm is over. It's time to cross over to the other side. I'll be honest with you. I see you driving your own car. I'll be honest with you in my spirit. I see you in your own house. In my spirit, I see you blessed with your whole husband, blessed with your own wife, holding hands with your, with your own family. If you receive that, shout amen. Please permit me to call your attention to verse 37. Mark chapter 4, verse 37. The Bible said the storm arose while they were crossing over. And the waves begin to beat on the boat. And Jesus was asleep. That's a loaded verse. I can preach on that one verse all day. For the sake of time, let's look at the next verse. Verse 38. 
the people began to say, don't you care? They woke him up, you know. And some of you, you may be going through something right now. And sometimes it feels like God don't care. I've been there. Many of you may be here this morning. You're saying, Lord, I've been praying about this. I've been fasting about this. Lord, I read my Bible. I even pay my tithes. But it looked like nothing is working. It looked like nothing is moving. It looked like nothing is clicking, you know. And like the disciples, you're asking the question, Lord, don't you care? Don't you see what I'm going through? And sometimes you feel like you, were, you may have to die in the storm. Ladies and gentlemen, but I come here to tell you, the storm didn't come to kill you. I believe I say that again. I say the storm didn't come to kill you. The storm came to display the glory of God. The storm has come to display the power of God. I say prophetically to somebody this morning, you cannot die in your storm. Brother Pastor, can you say that the book of Psalms 118 verse 17 say, you shall live and not die to decree and declare the work of the Lord in the land of the living. So I decree unto you this morning, you shall not die in your storm. You will not die in the storm of poverty. You will not die in the storm of rejection. You will not die in the storm of neglect. You will not die in the storm of unemployment. You will not die in the storm of witchcraft. You will not die in the storm of struggles. God said your storm is over. I don't know what kind of storm you're going through this morning. But I come to announce and decree your storm is over. It doesn't matter how it looks in the natural. God has the final say. Did you hear what I said? See, when the Lord told me, go tell the people the storm is over, the first thing that struck me in my, in my thinking, naturally, I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. How am I going to go before the people and tell them the storm is over? When my own child just notified my wife that there is a storm coming. And then the Lord have to remind me that God has the final say. It don't matter what it look like in the natural. Receive this revelation. Open your mouth, decree and declare, my storm is over. In the name of Jesus. I decree and declare today, no more sicknesses. No more struggles. 
No more sleeplessness. In the name of Jesus Christ. I come against every spirit of worry. In your life, in my life. Anything that is trying to keep you up at night. I come against you right now in the name of Jesus. Greater is he that is in you than the devil that is in the whole world. Somebody shout good news. Open your mouth, shout good news. See my spirit this morning, I see somebody's struggle coming to an end. I was excited. Coming to church this morning. In my spirit, I see. I had to come to the point and say, God said it. I believe it. It is settled. Because I know even if I don't believe it, it's still settled. So I had to come up to where God is. Say, whose report you going to believe? Hallelujah. I say it again by faith. Somebody's struggle is over. Somebody's afflictions is over. Somebody's pain is over. Somebody's hurt is over. Today by faith I decree and declare the shalom of God in your life, in my life. I decree and declare peace in your home, peace on your job, peace, shalom of God in your finances. If you receive that, shout amen. amen. Now I got to tell you for the next few minutes how, what you need to do to keep the storm away from you. Pay attention. I'm on an assignment, you know. I could have just get me a preacher to come and preach today. But I'm pregnant with a message. What do you need to do to make sure the storm is over? Number one, Keep Jesus in the boat. Did you hear what I said? The problem with many of us is that we want Jesus in our boat every now and then. But your pastor said, keep Jesus in the boat. Ladies and gentlemen, the more I read that passage, the more I can tell you the only thing that kept the disciples safe from the storm was Jesus in the boat. Amen. And by the way, on a side note, I'm just digesting the word of God. The Bible said Jesus was sleeping in the inner part of the boat. Not just any kind of place. I remember going to Israel with a bunch of you. And I never will forget one of my associate pastors, Pastor Thompson. He climbed 
unto the nose of the boat at the top. But as I was reading this passage, the Holy Spirit reminded me, he said, no, that's not where Jesus was. He was at the belly in the inner part of the boat. Theologically, the inner part of your boat is your heart. When I say keep Jesus in the boat, keep him in the inner part of your boat. Some people have Jesus in their head but not in their heart. I'm trying to help somebody this morning. What do you do to keep the storm away from you? What do you do to keep the storm away from your children? Well, there are so many storms in the Bible, you know. If you don't believe me, talk to Jonah. Jonah went through a storm. Am I telling the truth? Am I still in the book? If you don't believe me, talk to Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul went through a storm. He was shipwrecked in the storm. That's another sermon by itself. If you don't believe me, talk to Noah. Noah went through a big storm. But there are things you have to learn to do. When you're in a storm, there are things that you need to do to keep yourself out of the storm. Look at the story of Noah. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 7. He said, by faith, Noah, after he heard from God, he built an ark for the saving of his own family. There are things that you can do to keep yourself from the storm, to keep your family from the storm. That's always why I tell you this is, this is a work church. You have to pay attention. Ladies and gentlemen, the first thing you need to know about Noah's experience with storm when God told him to go build an ark, he was not a carpenter. The word of God is pretty deep. How are you going to have somebody to go build a boat when he is not even a carpenter? That ought to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, to stay out of the storm is not going to be your degrees. It's not going to be your expertise. It's not going to be your field, your skill. That's why the Bible says it's not by might. It's not by power. It takes the Holy Spirit. Are you all still here? If you want to stay out of the storm, hang out with the Holy Ghost. The book of Daniel, chapter 11, verse 32 says, Everybody that know their God, they will do great exploits. You want to win in life? I just told you how. Get to know God. Keep Jesus in the boat. Keep him in the belly of your heart. You will do great things. Things that you don't have expertise for. I am a living witness. 
I've told you a million times, but many of you don't believe it. I've never pastored any church in my life. I don't know how to pastor. I'm not a carpenter. I don't know how to build no boat. But if God calls you, he will qualify you. Hallelujah. I'm working over there at the college. Don't tell them I told you. I am the vice president of the whole college. Never done that before. Don't know what I'm doing. Like Noah, I'm not a carpenter. How am I going to build a boat? But when God calls you, he will prepare you. Are you still here this morning? Tell your neighbor, keep Jesus in your boat. My Lord, my Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, another thing you can learn from Noah for the sake of time. The Bible says God told him the dimensions of that boat. God told him, make sure that the length of the boat is 300 cubits. Make sure that the breadth of that boat is 50 cubits. Make sure the height of that boat, that ark, is 30 cubits. And sure enough, I'm sure you'll be asking questions. Because a lot of questions in America, they always want to know why. Why do I have to wash dishes? Sometimes I want to say, shut up. If God said it, that's good enough. You don't need to know why. But God is rich in mercy. He said, break it down to everybody so they know why I'm giving them the dimension. God was giving those specific dimensions, specifications, because he wants to, be, to, to, to make sure that boat is tailor-made. And what God is trying to do in your life is customized just for you. That means nobody can use it. So when you see your player haters trying to be jealous of you, trying to roll their eyes, trying to mess with their job, you ought to have the courage to say, God gave that to me, and no devil can take it away. This joy I have. The world didn't give it to me. And the world can't take it away. Do I have a witness in the house? I got that revelation many years ago right here in this church. A little damsel, a little girl got up and sang this song. What God has for me is for me. That was the last day I became jealous of anybody. Because I know him, I know him. You cannot take what belongs to me. You may try it, but it won't work. You may try to put it on, it won't fit. What God has for me is tailor-made for me, customized for me. I don't know about you, I'm comfortable in my own skin. <laughs> Hallelujah. Can I tell you a few more revelations on how to stay away from storm? 
When God told Noah to build that boat, you see, I'm from Africa. There are all kinds of woods in Africa. We take delight in studying woods. You all just call them trees here. But woods have different strength. God told Noah, I want you to build this boat with gopher wood. Let me take you to Africa for a few minutes. We'll be back, don't worry. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, gopher wood never breaks. It doesn't matter what gopher wood go through. It will bend, but it will never break. It don't matter what the storm is. It don't matter what the earthquake is. Just like we survived Laura, we're going to survive Sally. Any other storm, we're going to survive that too. You know, because we are made of the gopher wood. We don't break. We may bend, but <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Try to help somebody. Ladies and gentlemen, I never will forget one time uh, one of our former president, Mr. Bush, he was visiting over there. True story. He was visiting in the Middle East. I was watching it on television. And some bad dude, man, took out his shoe and threw it. And I said, oh, Lord, have mercy. I knew there's going to be a fight up in here. But you know what that president did? He just begged. And what is so good about the governor Wood is that the devil may be trying to throw a lot of things at you. See, you're just dodging. You get to escape whatever the devil threw at you. Amen, somebody. I got to hurry up and finish. Make sure that your hand is in the hand of God. That's how you stay away from the storm. Make sure you follow God's instructions. The word of God, put it out to you. Just do what the Bible says. You know, one of the things God told Noah is that the window of that boat, don't put it on the side. He said, put the window on top of the boat. There's a reason for that, ladies and gentlemen. Because God knew sometimes we may have to go through. And God wants to make sure when you're going through your struggle, when I'm going through my struggle, when we're going through any challenge, whether it's a hurricane, whether it's a storm, or whatever it is, always look through the window, look to the top. The problem is that many of us, we are too busy looking down. That's why you stay depressed. That's why you stay negative. But if you learn, whatever comes your way, look to the hills. David said, I will look to the hills. 
From whence cometh my help? My help come from nobody but from God. Amen. And let me say this as I go home. The Bible said, God told Noah, if you want to survive the storm, please be sure that you pitch the bottom of that boat. You know why? Because God knew the waves will beat on your boat. We all go through things in life. But because the bottom of that boat is well pitched, even though the water may come around, it cannot get in the boat. Are you all see here this morning? And that's how, and that's why, Noah was able to survive that storm. I'm going to invite our worship team to come back in. But let me leave you with this thought. After the storm is over. Because that's what God told me to tell you. The Bible said, Noah was not able to come out of the ark for 150 days. See, God told him he's going to flood the earth 40 days, 40 nights. I know, like many of you, what Noah did was to go prepare for the storm. Just like they're telling you now, prepare for Sally. You get gasoline in your car. My wife said we're going to get some batteries for the touchlight. I said, mm-hmm. Brother Terrence spent almost 30 minutes educating me about the generator. <laughs> True story. Then he sent me a picture of a generator. You know why? Because we're preparing for the storm. And then he was telling me how to hook it up. He's there. You can talk to him. <laughs> but ladies and gentlemen, the most important thing is that you prepare for 40 days, 40 nights. But what do you do when 40 days and 40 nights turn to 150 days? That is why I tell you from the bottom of, of my heart, let Jesus stay in the boat. It don't matter how long this time takes. If Jesus is in your boat, everything will be all right. Are right. you still here? Tell your neighbor your storm is over. Prophesy over him or her and say your storm is over. And you know what is so funny, ladies and gentlemen? When the storm was over, notice Noah saying a raven. To go check to make sure that's right, that's right. that the storm is over. Right, I wish right. I had more time to preach. The Bible is that deep. Every verse is revelatory. Every phrase is deep of meaning. The Bible said the raven went all over and the raven didn't come back. There's a lesson there. Many of you, the hold up 
The reason why storm is, is hanging too long in our lives is because we're hanging around ravens. Some of your so-called friends, they're nothing but ravens. They will fly around your life, but they can't do nothing for you. I'm trying to help somebody. In all of your getting, get understanding. Noah had to send a different bird. What did he send, Bible scholars? He sent a dove. In case you miss it, the dove has meanings in the Bible. The Bible said the dove went all over. Are you all ready to sing? All right. The dove went, and then the dove returned. That's how you know a true friend. A true friend, hallelujah, help me, Jesus. I'm trying to end this thing. A true friend will stick around during trouble time. A true friend, you can count on them in difficult days. A true friend will not just be there when you got money. A true friend will not just be there when you have things going on for you. A true friend will be there with you during the good time, during the bad time, even when things are ugly. They'll be back. Thank God for the dove. The dove came back, Reverend. And then the dove came back with an olive. Hallelujah. Ladies and gentlemen, an olive branch is a type of branch. It's not just any leaf. It's symbolic of the anointing. You want to know how to stay out of the storm. You need the anointing. Except the Lord build the house. No amount of batteries. No amount of generators. No amount of gasoline. Eventually you will run out. But when Jesus is in the boat. When you have the Holy Spirit. The anointing is upon you. Then your preaching is more than preaching. Then your singing is more than singing. Then you're not just a mother. You're not just a daddy. When you speak, you become an oracle of God. Get the anointing in your life. Everybody stand to your feet. I got to stop. But before I leave, I want to invite somebody to Jesus Christ. Amen. The reason why I do what I do is because I believe there is power in the name of Jesus. What will it profit a man if you gain the whole world? But you lose your soul. If you're here today and you don't know him as your Lord, as your Savior, I beg you in the name of Jesus, give your heart to him. Let him rest in the belly of your boat. Ladies and gentlemen, I say this to you. Those of you who are live streaming, there's a number under the screen. There are ministers of the gospel waiting to hear from you. Dial that number. And just tell them my name is Baba or whatever your name is. Today I am giving my life to Jesus Christ. I never will forget 
Deacon McClendy and I, we went to visit uh, a jailhouse there. I forgot the name of it. Angola. True story. And in my mind, I don't know anybody except the, the boss. I went to see the boss there. But they were showing me around. But I was, I was moved to tears when I saw so many people in jails. They said, you are my pastor. I never met them in my life. See, I gave my life to Jesus listening to you on the radio. This is what, why we do what we do here. Dial that number. There's a preacher waiting to talk to you, to encourage you, to pray with you. The best decision you ever make in your life is to give your life to Jesus. And finally, let me say this. I see my wife telling me, shut up. Let me invite you to give to Jesus Christ. Don't just come to church and live without giving. Nobody go before a king without a presence. And let me tell you, if you profess to be a child of God, make sure you are a titer. Make sure you are a giver. You say, Brother Pastor, why do I have to be a titer? The only, do you know what a tight is? I'm sorry, David. I've got to help thee. This is serious stuff. Titan, ladies and gentlemen, the Bible simply says, it's the Lord's. That's the best definition. In other words, it belongs to God. Why, if something belongs to somebody else, why will you keep it? You become a thief. Then, another thing you need to know is that Titan comes with promises. One of those promises, God said, your fight will become my fight. Hallelujah. I don't know about you. I've been through some fights. Some fights that I don't even know why they're fighting me. But God said, when you become a titan, your fight becomes his fight. He said he will not allow your food, fruit to be casted before it ceases. No premature blessing. He said, I will open the windows of heaven. And pour out my blessing. And there will not be enough room for you to receive. When you're a tighter God, you can never outgive God. I am a living witness today. I ain't no, ain't no shame in my game. I am so blessed, I can't even keep up. And has nothing to do with my intellect. My secret. I'm a titan. I will tie until I die. Titan gave me this church. I came to Louisiana to work as a lawyer. No church is in my picture. But when you begin to tithe, God will bless you even in areas you don't imagine. 
tight and open doors. There is no single door in this community I cannot open. Brother Pastor, tighten, open door. I'm not from here. I don't know nobody here. Why are they opening the doors? Tighten will position you. I went to that college. It was a sidekick. You know, sidekick? Tighten took me from the bottom of the place and take me all the way to the top. For you not to tithe, you are hurting your own children. Position your grandchildren, your children, your children's children for blessings that they won't be able to keep up with. I say, I will open the windows of heaven, pour my blessing. There will not be enough room and don't forget it, God is not a man. He don't play with work. He's not a man that should tell stories. If he say it, he will do it. I rest my case. Come on, give the Lord God a clap of God bless you, sir. Must endure for I know. 